In July, the State Power Authority approved the first phase of a $37.2 million drone program designed to expand and improve the organization's capacity when it comes to inspecting New York's utility operations. For more on the program, including the future use of drones in this area, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Peter Kalaitzidis, the Power Authority's Robotics Program Manager. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you, David, for having me, sir. Well, for starters, what is the New York Power Authority's responsibility when it comes to inspecting and reviewing power generation sites and transmission operations uh, across the Empire State? So we currently do it like we used to. Someone climbs up on the tower, inspects it. We fly a helicopter down the right of way, taking pictures of the assets. We inspect it. What we what we're experimenting with and with this funding, we validated a little bit of doing it by using an unmanned aerial vehicle, a UAV or what you and your your listeners would call a drone, sir. Well, when it comes to the scope of this inspection and review responsibility, how many miles of transmission lines are we talking about? How many generation sites are, are we talking about? So for transmission, we're at about 1,400 miles, sir, and we're putting in lots of new line. And generation, we're up to 16 power generation units, notably Niagara Falls, St. Lawrence River, and a lot of small hydro, sir. And when it comes to inspecting or reviewing these sites, do you do it on a proactive schedule of review or because of the scope of them is the current system simply trying to just keep up when problems uh, occur and and just sending people and like you said helicopters to review sites as issues might arise reactive maintenance where something breaks and now we got to go fix it lots of organizations do that but that's not efficient what we want to get to is spotting the assets degradation over time and doing preventative maintenance. As we all know, we all go get our hearts checked every so often because we're looking for those defects before it becomes a major problem. That's what we're trying to do with our UAVs, figure out a new way of maintenance where instead of us reacting, oh, we broke a line, we got to go fix it. Hey, after 10 snowstorms, we start seeing problems. Maybe we want to start doing some preemptive maintenance. That's where we should be getting to. Well, how was it determined that unmanned aerial devices, aka drones, could be useful in expanding your capacity to review and stay on top of the conditions of transmission lines and power generation sites? So even today, when our linemen climb up the tower and they spot a problem they don't take a picture most of the time they'll they'll write up something they might take a picture from the ground but they're in the moment they're in a high elevation energized environment what a drone allows us to do is a no one's exposed to that environment as long you take a picture of the problem now we know what the problem looks like so we can you have that captured for as long as you keep a photo. A photo is a thousand words, right? One picture can say a thousand words. You can see the rust formation. You can see the cotter pin loosening. You can even see if something's being cloudy from environmental changes. That photo is 
the first line of inspection. It's no longer just what's your opinion, David, is this bad? But it's me, Peter. Hey, David, I think this looks bad. What is your two cents on it? Having more people view a problem, you can get a better solution to that. And in terms of the $37 million for this program, is that so that you can head over to Best Buy and purchase off-the-rack drones? Are you investing in specifically tailor-made drones? Is money going towards other elements of inspection? How do you envision spending this money for potential uh, review and inspections? So um, understood. Um, It's $37.2 million over the next five years. Okay, so I'm not getting it all tomorrow morning. Um, But our goal is, yes, we will be buying hardware. We're really trying to focus in on American-made blue UAS certified, meaning American-made drones. We need a way to, number one, how do we manage all our flights? Where do we store all these photos from the flight? How do we share these photos internally, not just within my office, but in other offices across the state? These are important foundational pieces that we have to invest in for the emerging technology. Does that make sense? Like AI is becoming a thing more and more. But a lot of organizations store their photos based on File Explorer, a folder and a folder and a folder. (laughs) So in our phones, we're on the cloud. We need a way to make sure that our photos are searchable, retrievable, meaning I need a a photo of uh, Peter's Tower 101. I should be able to type that in a search bar and get that photo instantaneously. That's what we're investing in, the infrastructure for robotics in general. Well, yeah, as part of that, then, because you will likely expand your capacity to inspect transmission lines, for example, do you need to invest in some sort of diagnostic tool that allows you to review more photos than might be possible by human eyes alone? I would love to say AI is there today, sir but it's an emerging tech and nothing beats the 20 year, the 15 year, the 10 year veterans of our craft. These men and women have spent decades figuring out what is bad, what looks bad, what is good by just by doing their job. I am not trying to replace people's jobs, but I'm trying to make their jobs easier. If perfect example is one of our linemen took a picture of a lifeline and he's like, look, that needs maintenance right there. And I was like, sir, I, I don't I don't see what what it is. And then he pulled up the photo on his on his cell phone. He zoomed in and he's like, that bolt right there is coming undone. That experience, a computer can never learn as of today, even a year from now. But having the ability to save those photos and help build out those models for the future we're talking about five years from now, possibly, but I have to build the foundational pieces first. And that is storing our photos, managing our flights. If there's um, another heavy snowstorm up by the, the Great Lakes region, we should be able to send that video of that 
if we're helping patrols or looking for down lines to any one cell phone so that the people on the ground know what the situation they're in, that situational awareness. All of those added up will cost us hopefully less than 37 million, but it's still a big number. I agree. Well, when you fast forward to say five years from now, do you have goals for the increase, say, in inspections that you might be able to do of power generation sites or transmission lines, not necessarily in terms of those reactive cases as we talked about, but say proactively, how many miles of transmission that you'd like to proactively review each year, or maybe you have other metrics that you're setting for yourselves in terms of how success looks with the drone usage? Yes, sir. Um, we have we have some low bars that I have set forth, which we've exceeded. Um, I like keeping the bar low and and just walking over it. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to say we're going to inspect 14,000 miles of line and then we only did 100. So um, I'm, I'm all for putting KPIs in place that, that we can measure ourselves on. But really, where, where I want to focus in on is the safety aspect of it. Putting our people less exposure in an energized environment. You know, a switchyard is a very dangerous environment. It's electricity. It's the nature of the beast. But the less we have our folks in that switchyard exposing themselves to it, you know, the better off we are as an organization. So in that safety mindset, I'm going to be aiming more for mitigating how often our folks are in an energized state versus before drones. And that's a a KPI I think I could hit quite easily. Well, finally, the press release that announced this program noted that this is uh, the first phase was approved by the New York Power Authority. So does that mean there is a second, third, fourth, so on phase envisioned? And if so, what do those look like or are they contingent on, say, the first phase and what is accomplished moving forward? So, yes, this is the first phase of funding. The program was founded back back in the day, way before me, and um, we we had a small pot of money to validate this experiment, which we did. This is why we're going to this initial funding phase one. What phase one is trying to bring it into the maintenance routine. How do we track our missions? How do we store the data from this? How do we do day-to-day functions and have the data retrievable at a moment's notice? That is our first phase. Phase two would be, sir, flying from St. Lawrence to Clark during a snowstorm. That's a very lofty goal. The FAA has not allowed that to happen in the lower 48 yet. But I believe in the years to come, we should be able to get close to that goal. I believe in having, in, in when, when I set myself up for goals, to set it up really high. And if we can fly 15 miles down the right of way, that's a win. Does that make sense? Like, I, I would love to fly from St. Lawrence to Clark in one flight. That would be a great cherry on top for the program for phase two. Well, you brought up an issue right there that I'm curious about, and this will be my real final question. How much of the potential use of drones moving forward is contingent on decisions that might be out of your control, such as 
federal regulatory decisions. The FAA has been moving really well over the past few years, especially with uh, remote ID coming and some new changes to the governance of these things. New York City just released their ban for not flying in Manhattan. So the regulatory body is shifting. The limiting factor that we would have on the return on investment on this is how quickly artificial intelligence machine learning can come into play. My overall goal here, sir, is having people spend less time in an energized environment. If I can make everyone's job safer, they will do their job better. That's my theory behind it. And that's been my big push because having our employees going home at night is the most important thing to my organization. Emerging green technologies is important. Keeping the power on at our homes is important. But come on, having our people go home at the end of their shift, that's the most important thing I think all of us would want for any person. Well, we've been speaking with Peter Kalaitzidis. He is the robotics program manager for the New York Power Authority. Peter, thank you so much for making the time. And please put in the good word with our future robotic overlords. Thank you, David, again, and to all your listeners for having me. Support for the Capitol Press Room is provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. UnionStrongNY.com for more information.